And Father's Day is one of those kind of weird things because you're like, it's not exactly part of the church calendar. You know what I mean? And there's nothing in the Bible that says celebrate Father's Day or Mother's Day or whatever. Um, here's the way I think about this is as followers of Jesus, we're citizens in the kingdom of heaven. That's where our citizenship is. Paul says that in Philippians 3. Our citizenship is in heaven. So wherever we live on this earth until Jesus returns to set everything right and set up his kingdom completely, wherever we live, we're going to be exiles. We don't fit anywhere. The Bible says we're aliens and exiles. But what we get to do while we're here is as God's people start to demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like. And so when we're in a place, in a nation that has moments that that are like a national holiday that we can point to to say, that's what my father's kingdom is like, we want to do that. Does that make sense? And so Juneteenth, that's one of the things I just want to start with to say, Anna said it so beautifully, we are all born into slavery. And Jesus, like happened on June 19th, comes to us not even knowing, not even knowing that God was coming after us to save us and rescue us. We got to see that happen so many years ago in this nation. It's beautiful because it's our Father's heart. And it applies to all of us. Because whenever there's something that's in competition with dissonance with God's kingdom, everyone is hurt. Oppressors and oppressed. Does that make sense? So what we want to do is say, thank you, Jesus, that we get to be in a place that enacted in actual laws that people who were oppressed through no fault of their own were freed. Why do we do that? Because it's our Father's kingdom. It's what our daddy's like. It's what our daddy's like. It's, it's the answer to the prayer that Jesus instructed us to pray, which is, to the Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So I want to take another moment. We like silence here because there's so little of it in the planet these days. Is to remember with gratitude the freedom that has been enacted in our, in our nation. And then also ask Jesus for more. There's all kinds of freedom we need. Would you agree with me? Okay, so let's just do that for just a minute. Let's pray this together when we get to, trans, we'll say transgressions. Our Father, who art in heaven. Let's do it together. How's that sound? <laughs> I didn't give clear instructions on this. So when I say, just say it with me. How's that sound? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Thanks for praying with me. Well, happy Father's Day indeed. Um, uh, just in case you feel like I'm not sure this will apply to me, I promise you this message is going to apply to every person in the room. I just promise you, okay? I can say that with total confidence. So, so listen up, y'all. Um, I'm going to talk about how to be a good father. It's very simple. is to be a disciple of Jesus. How to be a good father is to be a disciple of Jesus. How does that apply to me? You'll find out in a little bit. Now, it would have made more sense, perhaps, to say how to be a good father is to be like the father. Right? How hard, it means if you want to be a good father, be like the father in heaven. But there is a problem with that. The problem is God is the father and I am not. I asked my son if I could tell this story to give you an example of what it means to have the intention of being like the father, but not quite working out many years ago. My son Charlie was four years old. We were at an assembly at Darnaby Elementary School that was meant to be, yeah, was there a Darnaby person? Yeah, a few Darnaby people here, okay. A union, union school, and, and it, was, it was one of these programs that was intended to be short and sweet, and it wasn't. And Charlie was about four. Charlie is the kind of guy who's, well, at least then, he always had to keep on moving. And so I was, he was three or four, what, maybe three years old. And, and so he's sitting on my lap. And you ever been one of those things where the kid's moving so much, you're getting like the rug burns all over your body. You're like, uh, and then there's someone sitting behind me who's doing this. Because <sighs> I can't control my kid. Well, you try to do that through this assembly, okay? You tell, yeah, yeah, you mean, and so <laughs> it, it's just going on and on. To make matters worse, there were people from our church there. And if you're a pastor, you shouldn't feel this pressure, but you feel this pressure to kind of have your act together. I will say after this whole event, they left the church. So, I, I mean, I've never seen them, but no, it wasn't that bad. I haven't seen them, but I don't know if this had anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> So, so anyway, one of the things you need to know about Charlie in those days, Charlie is one of the funniest and smartest people I know. And, and he had figured out that, like, if he didn't like something to do, he'd call you a hot dog. Okay, hot dog. And I started to realize that was his cuss word. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm starting to go, hey, you shouldn't be calling me a hot dog. So, so anyway, I've had this, like, hour and a half, it feels like, of him rubbing all, yeah, all over me, and I'm trying to get, so the thing's finally over, I'm trying to get him out, and I'm losing it, and I'm getting him out to the car, I get in the van, we get in, we're driving home, everybody's going home, and I'm like, ah, and then, so I get, pull the car into the, into the garage, everyone gets out, and Charlie's right here, I said, hey, listen, it's time for, let's go inside, he goes, okay, hot dog, and takes off running. And I come bursting into the kitchen, and I grab him by the arm, and my wife, who has no idea what's going on, all she sees is me flying in, grabbing him. She goes, what's going on? I said, he called me a hot dog. <laughs> and she's like, you have lost it. Back up. 
Padre. <laughs> See, my intentions are to be the father. And just the word hot dog, I lose it. Can anyone relate to me? <laughs> Great intentions. So I don't have a Jesus fish on my car. <laughs> Bring shame to our Lord. But here's, here's the interesting thing. We've got a problem. God is the Father and I am not. Well, Jesus, here's what's interesting. Jesus was not the Father. Jesus, the Son, and Father, Son, and Spirit, He's not the Father. He's eternally the Son. And then when He comes to earth, He embodies the Son, and He's fully human as well. Just like you and me. Philippians 2 said that Jesus gave up all of his rights. In other words, Jesus was not like a Marvel character where he hadn't discovered his powers yet. And then, you know, they went flinging the spidey powers or whatever. He, he voluntarily gave up his rights to, to act as the Son of God. And so this is why, this is what's fascinating. But at the end of Jesus' life, just before he went to the cross, he was able to say this, anyone who has seen me, has seen the Father. Think about that for a second. Jesus, fully human, not the Father, could by the end of his life say, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So, this is why I say how to be a good father is to be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple, uh, uh, the word disciple, it can be translated as apprentice or student. As a student who wants to be near and like the teacher, to imitate the teacher. So if we're trying to imitate Jesus, the question is, could I ever actually say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Is that possible? I don't know. But I figure, as a disciple, I want, to find, I want to know what kind of relationship did Jesus have with his Father? If it's possible for that to happen for Jesus, let's just pay attention to Jesus. Does that sound good? Okay. Doing it anyway. Jesus, we start with this. And, and all I did was just look through the Gospels. You can do this yourself. It doesn't take a great amount of intelligence. It just takes a little time. Jesus knew that God was his father. Now, he had a, some consciousness of that early on. We think he was maybe about 12 years old at this time. And he, 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 he was at the temple. He said it was his father's house. So he had this sense that God was his father. But we know that when it got super clear, it was declared to the whole world as at the moment of his baptism. He says as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him, and a voice from heaven said out loud, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus knew clearly God was his father. On all these slides, I'm going to be giving you additional scriptures. You don't need to write them down because that would be awful. But I, I did this on purpose because this resource will be posted right away, right next to our video, that you can have all, access to all these scriptures right after the sermon's done, okay? So that's why that's on there, to be able to help you out later. Jesus knew God was his Father. In that same passage, he knew his Father loved him. Can you imagine that back in ancient, uh, those ancient days that there were some fathers that, yes, they were a father, but didn't mean love was there? But Jesus knew his father loved him. He, he, Jesus' father bragged about him. 
He said, this is my son. I love that guy. And not only that, in that same moment, Jesus knew his father was with and for him. How did he know that? How did he know the father was with him? Not rhetorical. Bingo, Matt Olson. The Spirit of God descended on him. All of a sudden, Jesus, who's fully human, who has relinquished all his rights of godness, has the Father himself sent his Spirit on him. This is a huge deal. The Holy Spirit's everything in this story. Father was with him and for him, and he knew his father had given him the power to live this life. Everything. Okay? So, so far, Jesus knows God's his father, knows the father loves him, knows the father's with him and for him, and is giving him power that he wouldn't have on his own through the Holy Spirit to live the life ahead of him. Then we see through Jesus just talking about the Father that he, was, he had gained up to this point in his life, but as he's living this life out, he's figuring out what his Father is like. He realized God is the one true Father. He says, don't call yourself Father because there's only one. Isn't that cool to him to say there's only one example, there's only one picture of what it is to be a Father, and it's God. He said that Father is perfect. He's getting it right. He said that the kingdom belongs to the Father, that all authority belongs to God, and that the Father wants to be worshipped by all in spirit and in truth. What's so cool about that is he's talking to a Samaritan woman, and he's saying it's not just about these external things. God wants you from a place of genuine, actual humanity, who you actually are, to worship him and engage with him. That Father cares for creation. Father will attentively care for his kids. Father knows what his kids need before they ask. These are all things Jesus is saying about the Father. He said, Father gives good gifts to those who ask him. Father reveals himself to the powerless and childlike. That Father cares for the powerless and wants none of them to perish. That the Father is just. He loves justice. He'll enact justice. But the Father is also merciful. That the Father loves his enemies and is kind to the unrighteous. That Father is compassionate to the sinful and rebellious. To those who don't deserve affection. Father forgives those who forgive others, but won't forgive those who don't. He's just. Father sees what is done in secret. I have a friend that this was the very thing that led him to follow Jesus. To know that the secret things, either the secret sufferings or the secret virtues that people live out, God sees them all and he's just. He's just. And that Father will reward his kids for their obedience. So good. And then we see, how did Jesus live? He depended on his Father constantly. He depended on his father's authority. He said, the father's greater than me. He has more authority, more power than me. He prayed a lot. That seems kind of confusing. Doesn't like God's praying to God. No, understand. Jesus limited himself to this human life. And look at 
Jesus, the, just one example verse here is that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often. We don't even know how many times. But here's just a few times in the Gospels we see where Jesus either prayed out loud in front of other people or took off to be with the Father. He was dependent on the Father. Jesus depended on his Father's words. It's fascinating. If you read in, in Matthew 4, the, the temptation narrative... What got Jesus through, not screwing up the whole mission he was on, was the word of God. It was his father's words. He, in his moment of disorientation, and he's like, I'm starving. And Satan says, make these stones into bread. He's like, wait a second, no. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he continues to use his father's words. And then as Jesus lives, he goes on and says, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. Through the Holy Spirit, the father continued to talk to Jesus, continued to guide him. Jesus was dependent on the father. He was dependent on his father for direction. He said, Jesus says about the Father, He who sent me is trustworthy. And what I've heard from Him, I tell the world. I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. I've got to have direction from my Father to even know what to say. Jesus imitated His Father. It's one of my favorite verses. Jesus says very truly, he's talking to religious leaders, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. I just my mental picture is 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 a, is a dad working in a garage, you know, fixing something, and there's the son with just the one screwdriver, trying to help. I imitate my father. Jesus obeyed his father. Jesus obeyed his father. He says, "I love the father and do exactly what my father." has commanded me. Here's a few passages where he says that very same thing over and over again. I do exactly what Father gave me to do. And so here's a little summary of Jesus' relationship with his Father. Just blew through a lot of those verses, but you can get to them. The first is that Jesus knew God was his Father. He knew it. He wasn't uncertain about it. In fact, the father's disposition was one of affection, one of witness, and giving him the power to do what he's being asked to do. Jesus knew what his father was like. What kind of dad is he? Jesus knew it. Jesus depended on his father. What a fascinating idea, right? We, we, we do, you know, as humans, want to raise our children so they, they can be independent of us at some level, right? I mean, there's a point we put the huggies away. That's diapers. Okay, yeah, okay. It's been a while since we did that. They still make the huggies? Is that a thing? Okay, yeah, all right. I'm grateful not to know. <laughs> Trust me. But, but the, we are designed 
to increase in our dependence on our Father. How do I know? Well, that's what Jesus did. And Jesus imitated and obeyed his Father. And out of this kind of relationship with his Father, Jesus was then able to say, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Powerful. So, how to be a good father is to be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is somebody who wants to be near and like his teacher, a, a student, a, an apprentice who wants to be like the teacher, like the master. So Jesus does three really important things for us. He's our picture of the Father. So if we're wondering what the Father's like, we can look at Jesus. Jesus is our access to the Father. It's the only way we can get to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, no one gets to the Father except through me, through his sacrifice, death and resurrection. And then Jesus is our guide in becoming like Father. See, the reason this applies to all of us is I don't care who you are, whether you like it or not, you're carrying your Father's DNA. You, you might have your father's nose and you regret it. But our father's like, man, I like your nose. I like the DNA I've put in you. And so if we want to look like our father, we imitate the son. Does that make sense? See, everyone here, my guess is we all would like to look like the father a little bit more. See how that applies to everybody? Okay. Okay. By the way, this is the best thing I could think of when talking about being a father. Here's the reason why. First of all, I don't know many techniques on being a good father. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do this, this, and this, and you'll be a better father. Like, I'm the guy who most often in conversations when I hear about these guys doing these elaborate devotions and things like that, I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know 18 years ago. Um, but what I've come to, to realize and watch... It's my buddy, my buddy Mike Eddins. I quote Mike Eddins here. He says, God, your kids are not going to remember what you told them or asked them to do. They're going to remember the life you lived. And when we can parrot Christian activities with our children, which just let's be honest, they hate it. When you're forcing them to do something that you're not really into, why would they want to do it? Right? Nobody wants to do this. Let's do something else. And I'm not saying don't do family devotions. I'm not saying it's not hard. But I'm saying what will draw your kids to the Father is you being in love with the Father. That's where everything happens. Everything happens there. If you're not in love with the Father, it's not going to happen. Because you got the right set of devotions. Make sense? So that's all good stuff. I'm not saying that's not bad stuff, but it's the cart before the horse. We've got to be in love, imitating, accessing the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit to be like Jesus is. So here's a little assessment we're going to finish with. We're going to take a little, our time with it here. It's just with Jesus' relationship to the Father... We see, and, and so I want you to settle in because there's going to be a little bit of prayerful self-reflection here with the Father. 
Jesus knew God was his father. The question I want to ask myself is, do I? Do I know and actually believe that God is my father? If I've put my faith in Jesus, John 1, 12 through 13 says that Jesus gave the right for any who would receive him, meaning put their faith in him, follow him, say he's the boss, he's my king. He gives the right to become children of God. Do you know that you're a child of God if you've done that? Here's a couple things to say. Your identity. Do you know that you are loved by the Father? Do you know that you are empowered? You're not just said, like, good luck. Good luck. You're my kid. Hope it works out for you. So let's take a moment. We're just going to pause and just ask the Lord that. Do I know that God is my Father? And what's probably happened is, is there's a couple different things going on. There might be some distraction happening here. That's okay. What we're going to do in this moment is make note of this. You might put something in your phone and say, is there something God wants to do a little bit more in me about this? The thought just came to me is you're being distracted by your earthly father. Let me just tell you, all earthly fathers are screw-ups. 100%, including me. You, you see what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to minimize any pain, but sometimes we can idealize what we thought our father should have been. But he, your earthly father, is not an obstacle to your father in heaven. Does that make sense? There's pain there, but he wants to heal it. And it's, you are not disqualified. You are not DQ'd from receiving everything the father has for you. So Lord, if any of us are believing that lie, will you just remove that right now? That anybody believes there's damaged goods, maybe they didn't have a father around. God, oh my goodness, you're so much bigger. I can feel the Father's presence with you, your fierce love. Come to us right now. Cut through the lies. Release us from those things. Jesus knew what his father was like. Jesus knew what his father was like. Here, here's a couple questions that help me to clarify. Do I understand what my father is like? What's important to me? Because I tend to reduplicate what I think my authorities, people I respect, think is important. Do I think it's important to be really successful financially, really successful in my job, really smart and well-known, have a great reputation? Do I think that? And the question is, is that what our Father in Heaven is like? The one who prefers to reveal himself to the powerless, rebellious, and rejects. <laughs> I fit those. I fit all three of those. Here's another way. 
What's your inner dialogue when you fail? God is kind to the just and the unjust. He's patient. He's a prodigal father who when he sees his son who's humiliated him, he runs to him, kisses him, and clothes him, and throws a party for him. Is that your inner dialogue? So let's just sit in that for just a minute. Do I know what the father's like? Just so you know, every one of us has tons of work to do in all this. So if you're like, whoa, I got work to do, welcome to the rest of us, okay? But just make note of it. Just make note of it. Next thing is that Jesus depended on his Father. He depended on his Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So how do I know if I'm depending on the Father? Do I go to prayer first when I don't know what to do? If you're like me, I've gotten a lot of rewards for knowing what to do and and working hard enough to get it done. But the longer I've gotten to know Father, the less that's worked out. And the more joyfully committed I am to saying, I'm going to stop and sit with him till I know what he wants to do next. Do I go to his word? Do I, do, do, I, do I put his word in a religious category so that part of my life doesn't necessarily apply to my work life? Like I'm lagging in sales and I'm not going to hit my quota. Does the word of God have anything to say about that? It does. I promise you it does. Or direction. Things are going funky. Do I go to Father and not move till I've gotten instructions from Him? See, it's so frustrating to be dependent, isn't it? We so want to be independent. But the joy of being with our Father, if we're going to be like Jesus and look like the Father, we have to imitate Jesus who depended on the Father all the time. To the moment Jesus died, he was calling out to his father. Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is in the moment of his greatest pain. And who does he turn to? His father. And Jesus imitated and obeyed his father. You know, the, the word obey has gotten a bad rap. It's gotten a bad rap, and that's very unfortunate. I think it's actually quite brilliant of our enemy. Because people associate with legalism and oughtness. Here's why I think obedience is the greatest joy I can think of. I've come to the conclusion that I don't know how to live life. I've come to the conclusion that I am not smart enough to figure all the crap out. 
You know how I know when you, you haven't really bought into that? You're mad all the time. You're constantly obsessing about more data to get, more things to research, more things to look at, because if I just have a little more information, I might know what to do. Did you know that dependency on God is a very simple, joyful place to be? Because then he just tells me what to do, and it's right every time. Obedience is my door into joy and freedom in the life that I was designed to live. He made me. He knows what I work best at. He's so smart. So who's your daddy? Can God tell you no? Seriously. If God can't tell you no, then he's not. Who can tell you no? Oh man, am I glad God can tell me no. I've had so many bad ideas. Okay, cool. So, here's the deal. It would have been easier to try to give you three steps to being a good father, but this is a lifetime of work. This is a lifetime of work. But, guys, do we want to live this thing? Do we want to live a life that looks like the Father? Do we want it to be possible that we could say anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? You know, I, 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 there's this, I've noticed this in younger parents. It's, easy, it's, it's easier to look at other people and notice what they're doing wrong. But, you know, trust me, mine's, whatever. Okay, to say something stupid. But I, I, I see well-intentioned parents trying to be God to their children. Please stop that. Because you're going to fail quickly. We get the joy of being a reflection of the Father to point them to the Father. That's, that's, that's what I've said to my kids. The best I can do is to be a witness to your dad. The best I can do is be a witness to your Father in heaven so that we're actually, as we grow, brother and sister to our Father. Does that make sense? Because if we, if we try to be God to our kids, we're just setting everybody up for failure and disappointment. That's just the only way to go, because why? We're not God. All right, let's stand together. We're going to pray this prayer. just really, really aware of two things. One, the sensitivity of our hearts when it comes to our family relationships, particularly with our fathers, and the deep sensitivity and affection of God for you. And so if you feel that, don't run from it, please. Don't run from it, please. Don't, 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 don't pacify yourself through some other way. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. What does that look like? It might, it might look like, just when you get home today, five, ten minutes of silence. Just saying, Father, I felt weird during that. Or I don't like it. It makes me mad. Just, just see, what he, see what he would do with you. Again, this resource, all those scriptures. If you really want to dive, I've given you most of the scriptures. Jesus and his relationship with his Father. Just on these slides will be posted right next to our video online. And we'll also email it to you. But guys, here's what's so cool. 
Jesus, the Father said, I want to be worshipped in spirit and truth. What, what I see in that is he wants us to live a life from the heart. He wants us to live a life that's not externally dissonant with who we actually are and what we actually desire and the way he's shaping us. Wouldn't that be cool to live like that? I think that's actually the definition of integrity, is that we're fully in, integrated between what we actually believe and how we live. Make sense? So let's pray this prayer out loud together. And this will just be a representative of what, if you want to agree that you want to imitate Jesus to let him get you closer to the Father, make you like the Father, pray it with me. Help me to be near and like you, Jesus, so that it may be said of me a little more each day, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. Amen. If anybody wants some prayer up front, you want to meet the Father. You haven't done that before. Today is your day. It's like birthday day. So come on up and talk to us. We love you. Have a happy Father's Day. We love you guys.